Hi, I'm Jamie Carragher, and you are listening to Across the Park Podcast. Welcome to Across the Park Podcast, the only place you can hear banter and debate from both sides of Stanley Park, whether it be blue or red. Sponsored by Their Clothing, Camper Kings UK, and affiliation with Betmate. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Across the Park Podcast, season 21. 22. My name is Ian Mills, as always, joined by my fellow Red, my well, my not fellow Reds, my brothers oh, in arms, Red, Gary Murray and Phil Roberts. I'm all over the show already, early doors, feel like cutting this off. That's after uh, the win just, as well. After, yeah, that's what I mean, yeah, just all over the place. <laughs> all over the place. Um, as you'll see, we're joined by the legend, the YouTube legends. Some may say the owner of the best Everton YouTube channel out there, solo Everton YouTube channel. Who are we to argue? Mike from Blue Boys Network, thanks for joining us, my man. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me on, gents. Really, really appreciate it. I think uh, we can talk about some positivity week this weekend from both sides of Merseyside, I, will, I would argue, but we will get into it, no doubt. Yeah, we'll see it again. I think Gary and Phil, based on the second half of yesterday's performance, may disagree. Before we get into that, a big, massive thank you, as always, to to, to our two sponsors and our affiliate. The affiliate is BetMeet. Um I come nowhere again this week. I, I might just give up. There's no point me promoting this because you just can't win. I don't know who's winning these games at BetMate. But anyway, our friends over at BetMate, uh, you can put a couple of pounds in. You pick a sort of seven-player seven fantasy football team. Goalkeeper, obviously, for um, saves and, and defenders for tackles. Midfielders for assists and passes and tackles. Goal scorers, um, assists. And what happens at the end of, end of that game is a combined team of Everton, Liverpool and their opponents... So you've got four teams to pick from. Whoever's got the most most points in a sort of fantasy fo- fantasy football format takes home north of £100. And it may cost you two or three pounds to join. It's really fun. Um, get on over to, to BetMate on Twitter. Find out how to download that app and get involved. Us six play all of the time. So if you're, if you're not too keen on one of us, then come and play us. Come, come and wipe the smiles off our faces over on BetMate. Big thanks to the guys over there. As always, our long-term sponsors, Camper Kings. The light nights are here, the light mornings are here. We're in the Easter holidays. Why not go and get a camper king, whether it be a family outing, a cheeky girls' night out, a big boys' weekends away? Get over to camperkings.co.uk. Camper Kings UK, they're called. And if you do quote across the park podcast, what they will do, they will take off the insurance. It's done. Insurance is paid. They'll throw a cheeky bottle of bubbly in there as well on the boy, all off the boys from across the park podcast. Please get over there and enjoy your trip with those guys at Camper Kings. And as always, our friends over at Fair Clothing, VIR Clothing, exclusive, fantastic menswear. Get over there for tees, hoodies, jeans, all sorts. Really, really fashionable clothing guys. A big, massive local firm who, who are doing great things. Partner with us, quote ATP20 in checkout, and they will give you, of course, 20% off. We're all done with the plugs. We're done with the mad intro. We're done with me apparently being a Liverpool fan. We're in to the nitty gritty of episode 32. We are going to start with the Blues. Since our last show last week, Mike brings you straight in. We recorded last Monday, so since then, Everton lost to Burnley. Me and you spoke over on your channel about that in depth. I think me and you were on our knees at one point thinking the worst. 
what happens is we've been pulled back in. Those sons of bitches have pulled us back in with a 1-0 victory against Manchester United on Saturday morning. How are you feeling now? Yeah, look, firstly, it was a good performance. It was a good Mm. win. We we played a poor Manchester United side who, who let's I, I would argue they didn't really lay a glove on us, um, and we, and we played really well. We probably played as well as we have at any point this season. So credit to the lads. Um, some standout performances: Iwobi, uh, Anthony Gordon, Richarlison, Alan. Uh, I thought Ben Godfrey was sort of back to where he'd been. Huge shout out to Mikolenko. I thought I thought that was his best game in a blue shirt, and and another one, Fabian Delph. You know this, yeah, this yeah, guy yeah. is coming out of nowhere and he's produced a performance like that. So that was that was outstanding. Um, but look, I I don't want to also give false optimism. Everton still have an incredibly difficult one towards the end of the season, including playing teams like Chelsea, Liverpool, Leicester twice. And Arsenal away, so it's not it's not an easy running. I still, although we are four points clear, I still think we are relying on Burnley to mess up rather than Everton to um, to pull something out of the hat. But it was nice to have some positivity. It was nice that Norwich beat Burnley yesterday. It was nice that we've got massive, four points massive, out massive. But but it did it did take me back to Wednesday night, and if we could have just got a draw. You know, that, that little bit more would have been lovely. But look, I take it. I'm happy with it. It was a good performance. And uh, we move on to the Leicester game. Before we play Leicester, Burnley played twice, I believe. So mm. we're going to know where we are roughly come the Leicester game on the on the 20th. Yeah, it, it, it feels to me, and I don't know if you, you, you may disagree with this, it feels to me like every time we play now, it's, it's the biggest game in our history almost every single time we've got a game because we've said, I've said on this channel and we've said it on your channel, I think if Everton go down, it's disastrous. It's absolutely disastrous. So we've gone from Wednesday where we're, we're staring into the abyss, a victory Saturday. You've just mentioned there that the next time we play is a week on Wednesday, a home to Leicester. The season is sort of, it's all those games that, that COVID stopped. We're now getting so the season is, is like it's accelerated. We're, we're playing all the time now, and it, it just I don't know. I'm gonna have a, a heart attack, but I, I can't. I'm on the borderline of just closing my eyes and hoping for the best. I, I don't know what to think. I'm going from negative I, to positive, and, and since I was, I don't know, it, it's been since I was a kid, really, since I've been in this situation, so I can't really relate to, to how we navigate through it as a supporter. How are you? How are you coping with this? Because I'm really not. I don't. I can't cope with it. Um, I'm really struggling. There's, <laughs> there's no point. I mean, you, you just mentioned about you having a heart attack there, and that would, that would probably be the only thing I'd sell. It. But no, I'm joking. Um, but <laughs> um, thanks, man, yeah. man. Thank you very much for that. We usually save the banter for the Reds, by the way. Just we're, a little FYI. We're, we're on the same sides today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't worry. That can have some in a minute as well. Um, the. The, the big thing for me is, you know, every single game is like playing the Reds. You know, it's like playing Liverpool. You, your heart is in your mouth. You're stressing. You've got the shits before the game. Like, you are you are anxious. You are nervous. Yeah. And if Everton lose, it, I, honestly, you can have the bestest week of your life. But if Everton lose the late kickoff on a Sunday, 
my week is, was not worth living. Like it wasn't. <laughs> it was. It was. It destroys everything. So yeah. I really struggle with Everton at the minute. All I want is for a little bit of consistency. I don't just want a win here and a win there. I want Everton yeah. to go and beat Leicester, go and get a point at Anfield. I appreciate that is incredibly difficult. So I'm not sitting there saying it's going to happen because it won't. But just what I'm saying is I want Everton to put some form of run together. Hmm. And I, I haven't seen it all season. So I'm not expecting it now. And that's my issue. So I'm not dealing with it. I really struggle. The The channel, the YouTube channel is absolutely popping off the charts at the minute because people are watching me. One week, have a nervous breakdown. The next week, buzz my tits off to the point I look like a vibrator. So it's not, it's, it's, I don't know, mate. I don't know. No, I mean, it's a really great point. Maybe maybe the Reds, we say from the outside, but it's never really from the outside. The Blues, myself, Judge and Pricey, always want Liverpool Liverpool to, to not win. Gary and Phil are the same. So we say from the outside, but maybe from you guys coming in, what are you thinking when you look at Everton? Do you think Everton will be safe? Do you think Everton are still in the in the big-time trouble? No, I, I think that's it. I think he's a safe now. I just don't think... Burnley have got enough. I'm, I'm not even saying like, like Mike said before. I, I don't even think it's going to be the, the fact that Everton will, will get themselves out of it. I just don't think Burnley will be able to to put a run together to be able to get above you now. Um, I thought that win against you last week was massive for Burnley. I thought that'll give them the, the kick up the backside they need. Going into a game against Norwich on the weekend, I thought that that's the perfect game for them. All right, if it was away from home, it would have been more perfect if it was at home. But yeah. The fact that it was Norwich, I thought it's the perfect game to go into after just beating a, a relegation rival. Thought yeah. even even now, even after you've beat United, thought even if they beat Norwich, you know it, it's the, the chance are still there. It's only a point in it then, and um, you've still got to play Wofford, who are still fighting for their lives, and you know you've got a really really difficult running. But after them losing that game, they showed absolutely no desire, no fight. I, I watched their watched the Burnley game, and I just thought if that's how they are, they, they don't even deserve to stay up. They're fighting for the lives. Just got to win against the the closest rival to get out of the relegation zone in, in news in midweek, and can can't go and even even look like that they've got any fighting against Norwich, who are arguably the worst team in the league. So my my uh, my life has come to I blocked out two to four yesterday to watch Burnley v Norwich. That's my <laughs> life. I blocked it out. Don't didn't have my phone on or nothing. I was blocked out. Phil, what's your thoughts? We'll get to Liverpool. What's your thoughts on the situation this week with Everton to lose losing to Burnley and then for Burnley to lose at the weekend and Everton to win? Well, first of all, props to you, Millsy, because last podcast I was on with you, you predicted that. You said you were more confident that Everton would beat United than Burnley just because yeah. the way Burnley play and they're going to lump long balls up and it doesn't suit your defenders. So you called that so fair play. Um, but like Gary said, and like everyone's probably thinking, you were expecting Burnley to take that moment, momentum into Norwich, and they didn't. So, to be fair, though, I've been speaking to, to Blues, different Blues around the city today, uh, while, you know, while being in work, and all of a sudden there's a confidence that Everton can go and beat Leicester now. But, you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at your running, I'm thinking Brentford and Watford, yeah. and I don't really yeah. fancy it to beat anybody else, to be honest. So, what can Burnley do? But after yesterday... See, I, I think they'll beat Leicester. I think they'll beat them. I just think on the back of the the home victory against United, everyone's bouncing again. Everyone's made up. The the crowd are going are going berserk again. They're all backing them again. 
going into that Leicester game, you've got how long off? Ten days till till his next play. Yeah, but with it's, Lampard's it's, got that long on the training ground with them to absolutely drill them for this game, like it's the the, the cup final. Leicester are crap. No, I get what you're saying, and on paper it does work out like that. But we're not too far removed from two weeks ago having two home games on the spin, where it was Wolves and Newcastle, and everybody said that that it was on this Everton team. Like Mike said, there so inconsistent. They've given us these moments on Saturday. That was at the first time that Goodison Park at the end of the game has been like that with the manager fist pumping and the songs on. It's happened three or four times now already. The problem is just don't follow it up and you end up back in the same situation where myself and Mike and Judgy and Price have got to turn up at Goodison Park and it pressures on us to turn up. You're saying there you think Everton will beat Leicester. That's one of the toughest games we're going to have on this run because it's an organised team. It's a team who press and aggressive. Jamie Vardy always seems to get us. So I don't think it's as, it's as simple as, and I really hope you're right, Gary, it's not as simple as we take this into the next game. Next game sorry. Because they've come into a bit of form too. Yeah. Leicester have come into a bit of form too. I don't think they've ever the weekend. No, they won, didn't he? Didn't he win 2 1? I thought they, thought they got beaten the weekend. Palace. Oh, no, it was Arsenal, won it. Brighton beat Arsenal. It's it's it, look it's 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 going to be tough. We'll revisit the Everton bit with some social media questions in, in a little bit. Uh, move, moving on to the Reds. Since the last time the podcast was out, again, there's been two results for the Reds. First one was, you know, massive really, an away win by two goals in the Champions League, and then we, and Liverpool then go to Manchester City on Sunday. And arguably, whoever you speak to, some may say it was a fair result. Some may say Liverpool deserved to win. Some may say City's performance in the first half should have seen them out of sight. Gary, start with you. Where do you stand on seven days after our last podcast? How are you feeling as a Red? Um, yeah, just it's not not so much. It would have been better if we'd have got the win <laughs> against City, obviously. Um, we would have been in an absolutely wonderful position. 3-1 up in the Champions League, uh, top of the league by two points <laughs> with seven games to go. Um, as it's worked out, we're in the same position as it was before the, the, the City game, but a point behind them, just with one less game. Um, it's, I'm still optimistic for the season. You know, the, the FA Cup semi-final next week, it's it, it's a, another massive, massive game. We've got the, the second leg of the Champions League midweek, another massive game to, to, to see us into the semi-final. It, things are still looking good for Liverpool. It was just a little bit deflated after the City game, just because... I've never seen us go into a big game like that so flat. It was like the occasion absolutely got to us in that first half. And for me, it was like a bottle job. We, we absolutely bottled it in the first half. Down to every player. No one really could come out of that first half with any sort of, you know, I don't know, anything. It was Van Dijk was giving the ball away. Alisson was giving stupid balls away. Uh, Fabinho couldn't get into the game. Just Trent was giving pass after pass away. The forwards weren't even in the game, um, but barring our goal, you know, it was just, I don't know what happened to us, but whatever Klopp said second in the, at half time, it was like a completely different team. It was like the, the Liverpool were used to watching. We were so much better, so so much quicker into the into uh, into them when they had possession, so much quicker in the passing, getting forwards, get, you know, making chances. And, you know, the, the goal after 40, 46, 47 seconds, something like that, was absolutely phenomenal. What, what a ball by Salah, what a finish by Mane. Um, the, the big thing for me was the Jota chance just after it. You know, the, the Salah slips another ball in. I think it was Salah and, and Jota's little toe poke. If he, if he just gets that beyond Edison, I, th I think, you know, I think I think City's heads go there. But we come out second half and within five minutes, we're, we're in the lead after, after being 2-1 down. 
I just think their heads going. We we probably take the game there. Um, I think it comes down to them fine margins. Having said that, even in the second half, they still had the massive, massive chances. Especially right the one right at the very end, Mara signed a lob to keeper. I couldn't believe he didn't do better there. I thought it was just a simple, simple. I, I had head in hands. I thought it was a goal. Thought thought he'd finished it. Um, thankfully, they never. And I think as you said at the start, on the balance of it. First half was definitely cities. I thought second half we probably edged it. Um, a, a, a draw was probably a fair result. I think you know, speaking to our mates before the game, loads of people were saying I'd take a draw, say 50%. 50% of the lads were saying, No, no, we need the win. I think the draw is better for City. You know, forget about how the game pans out before the game. Obviously, draws better for definitely. them than it was for us because it keeps because what, what's happened is it was in our own hands and now it's in their hands. You know, so that's not great. But Klopp said after the game, in his eyes, it hasn't changed then. And because to to win this league, we're going to have to pretty much win every single game that we've still got left to play, whether we would have won that game or not. So, you know, that's probably how, how it'll pan out. And I think if we're going to win the league, it'll be a dramatic... I think it's going to be dramatic if we win the league this season. I can see, like, an Aguero-type moment again if we're going to get it done. So, but the, the psychology of it, you're talking about, like, um, you used the word you know, like a bottle there, and maybe that, that was true for some parts of the game, the early parts of the game, but we also showed a lot of bottle in the fact that we went down twice, come back twice, and, you know, we we had a high line. We didn't really have an intense press because we weren't pushing Robertson and Trent forward very much. We had to be careful with that because they punch it, don't they, in them, in them areas, but, um, but at no point did we retreat that. We kept going for it, and um, the substitutions that Klopp made, they were three attacking substitutions. So I don't think at any point Klopp or Liverpool looked like they were happy to settle for that draw. We didn't, we didn't play that game out the way like sometimes you can imagine two teams might under them circumstances. But I think one thing that I find interesting is the psychology of it. So we've caught back a fourteen-point gap, so we won't go away, will we? And then they've gone ahead mm-hmm. twice. And we've pulled their lead back twice. Like Liverpool, as far as Man City are concerned, we must be we they must hate it. You know what I mean? We just will not go away like a dog nipping at the heels. So I think you know that that psychology of that might pay over time. And you know, and they're going into the later rounds of the Champions League, and we know how much that means to them. At some point they might have to make a call about whether to rest someone here or there. And I don't know, like, time will tell, but I think the psychology of the way that because a draw is not always a draw. Like the way that went down, the psychology of it and the momentum of it, it can make things, you know, shift. Think about the Jagielka goal against Liverpool. I don't know why the hell I'm bringing that up, but that felt, it was only a draw, but it felt different, didn't it, to Everton? It felt like a win. And, you know, I think I think Man City will be looking at that game and think we, we lost two points there. Um, and I, I'm interested how the psychology will affect them going forward. No, I, I think everything you've said there is. is... Is fair from my point of view, and, and again, we say this outside the team. I was not an outsider, I was my, my dog left the room, and Mara's missed that chance. My dog knew to leave the room, so by no means an, an outsider. But I, I watched the game yesterday, I, I thought it was a really good advert for the for the English game. Really, if you watch that game, it's, it's two teams, and it hurts me to say this, but let's be honest, you have just pulled away from the rest. Chelsea are the nearest thing to what you, you two teams have done. It's similar to the El Clasico now, where Barcelona and Real, you never ever looked at anybody else in Spain. It was always Barcelona and Real. And I think we've got to that level with you and City. I thought it was a great game. I, I don't think a draw is, is the worst result for you, 
for what Phil's saying there, I think the pressure is really on City. I think Guardiola looks really, really happy with the draw yesterday. He, he was f- trying to fist pump Klopp and, and Klopp looks a bit more dejected. So I, I think, personally, I think you're in City's head and, and maybe coming on to, to the weekend's game is will be a factor in both. Mike, did you watch the Liverpool game yesterday? Any thoughts on it? Yeah, yeah. And, and look, a 2-2 draw, in my opinion, for Liverpool... Um, at City is a good result. And I'll explain why. When Liverpool play games and they go on these runs, they almost look mechanical, like they find a way to win. Whereas Man City do have a mistake in them. They do have a a moment where they just can't quite get a result. You know, I think, was it Crystal Palace last season? I'm sure they beat them at their place. Leeds beat them at their place. You don't necessarily see as many as those at Liverpool, which is unfortunate to say from a blue perspective, but from a red perspective, you must go into every single game, all 38, expecting to win. Like, and, that, and that's straight up. And then you must go into the Champions League and expect to win. So I don't think City go unbeaten to the end of the season. But I, I think Liverpool might. And I, I hate I hate to say it like I do, of course I do as a blue, but I just think Liverpool have got that. I think Liverpool have got that momentum. I think, you know, from the where the gap was, say, three months ago to where it is now, it, it, I, I only think, unfortunately, Liverpool are going to win the title, they'll win the Champions League, they'll win both cups, and Everton will get relegated. And that's, that, that's just because you're an Evertonian. That's all that is. That you, just, you just think the worst is going to happen for you. Um, what, what, I, what I think will be disgusting is if, Say, say the, the weekend, the FA Cup semi-final, City beat us, knock us out the cup. Then we get to towards the end of the season and they've they've won the league, they've pipped us to the league. And then we end up meeting them in the European Cup final. If if we manage to get there, we get past Benfica, we get past whether it, whether it be Munich or Villarreal and they get there as well and we've got to play them in the European Cup final, you can't lose all three to them. You can't. <laughs> it's just, yeah. that's just demoralising for everyone there. Yeah, I just don't think it happens. No, no, don't think it happens. I know, but anything could happen, couldn't it? The the, the fine margins between these two teams, and you look at the points. So I heard, you know, the points tally over the last three or four seasons, and between the three teams, there was like a point. Yeah, like that's how close it is. We draw a bit more than them; they lose a few more than us, I think. Um, And yeah, if you look at the run-ins as well, my big worry is is Tottenham. You know, yeah, they're coming into real form and that's going to be the one we need to get past about dropping points. But you look at them and you just don't know where they're going to drop points because it's never where you think, as Mike's alluding yeah. to there. It's never, you never think, oh, they could drop points against Chelsea or Liverpool. Like, it's always someone random like Crystal Palace or something. So, Phil, Phil, um, can, I, can I ask something? Yeah. I think historically in this podcast, the past maybe two seasons, we've done a show. Reading between the lines, you two and Teddy have always sort of alluded to City's squad. Is strong enough. Now, now, both teams are going to play relentlessly till, till almost the end of May now, if you get to the European Cup final. So, how important can a sign of Lewis Diaz be to, to give you something else in relation to you can rotate five forwards now, opposed to maybe two years ago you had three and three and Rigi? Well, major, yeah. And, you know, especially in the Champions League where you can make all them subs and stuff, I think, I think it's going to be major. It's, it's not just Diaz. We've got five forwards now that we can rotate between. But, you know... Saying that though, the big question is, will Cop 
has he got, you know, well, I would say, has he, is he brave enough? But it does he even believe that we should rest Salah? Because for me, he's not really in form. And I, I was saying, you know, on form, you could make an argument not to play him against City. But although I'd say much, no, he was that. much better in the second half, Salah. He's always, he yeah, looked, yeah, he was. Yeah, he looked but, a, lot, a lot more dangerous. He, he played the ball in for Mane, he played the ball in for Jota. No, he, he was a lot more dangerous second half. But when Mane come off, Mane was an, a beast. He was man of the match yeah. by, by a long way. Would you have not thinking, well, maybe now you take Salah off and he, he just won't? I think it's the con- it's just to do with the contract. Does that come into it? or? I don't think so, because he's never really took Salah off, has he? Be- before any contract discussions come out, come in. It, he's never, ever been one to take Salah off. I, you, don't know what, you don't know what's behind it. It might have been something that he's seen in Mane. You know, they have all these sports, sports scientists who are telling them all these fine details about... You know, as fatigue and as muscle fatigue, and you know he's a, he's at a so much percent risk of of pulling a muscle in, in in this part of the game and things. You don't know if that's behind it or whether it was purely tactical. So I, I don't think us guessing at, at why he's making subs like that is is really. I don't think it's really for us to do. Um, I, I do, however, think midweek could be one to rest Salah. You know, we're three one up. We're we're going back home. Taking the advantage home, um, you know Diaz is. I, I think he's a definite to start. Firmino didn't get long against City. I think he's probably a definite to start. Uh, I think that that will be one that we could potentially rest Salah in, ready for the the weekend's game. Um, yeah. I do. I, I, I'm, I fancy us to make a few changes. To be honest, for the Benfica game, not not taking it lightly. But as Mill started this this little segment with, we we have got the squad now. No, the, the depth of the squad is 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 got to that point where we can't afford to rest these big players who you know you got you need to play in the big games and the school and the team still not really look like it's it's you know been detrimized at all. Detrimized. I, I think I made that word up, but it sounds good. That's a fantastic word. That whoever's doing whoever's doing the thumbnail for this has got to put that word yeah in the i'm definitely thumbnail. googling that after this look we'll close the show by, by looking towards the, the semi-final um we're paying mike by the 10 minute slots here so we've got to move on because mike's we can't afford mike for too much longer really, so. I, I just i just wanted to throw up a prediction go on before before we end um so on the 15th of May, Manchester City go to West Ham. Now, if West Ham need to win that to get in the Europa League, yeah, tough, I don't yeah. think I don't think West Ham lose. So, I do think. You know what, Mike, I, do, do you know what you've missed? Do you know what you've missed? Who what? did they play last game of the season? Yeah, Steven but, Gerrard's Aston Villa. Man City, that is Mike. I'm is. not. I'm not being. I'm not being funny. Did you see Villa against Spurs? It doesn't make it. You know as well as I do that does not count for anything. You know, when it comes, you know, we'll when get it comes the to this spot, don't you, Mills? Mate, mate, I'm, I'm expecting, I'm expecting Gerard to give it to someone like a quick throw. They throw, <laughs> Dina throws it in, Ecatino puts it in. It won't, no, it won't happen because as he's throwing the ball, it'll slip over and, and punch <laughs> it. Right? Yes, like Luca free kick. Oh, that that's what dreams are made of. Mate, I, am, uh, I, I, I am pulling my son's calendar right down because I think he's June, so he's coming right <laughs> off, right off it. Um, I was going to say we'll, we'll, we'll finish on Wembley. <clears throat> um, just that, <clears throat> excuse me, Phil, to get some um, social media questions up. Yeah. Um, I know we've, we've 
we've had loads this week. I, I think everybody's in, in, in a bit of a good mood. So, Phil, if you, if, if you don't mind doing the Everton ones first, just in case Mike's got to log off. I've got them here. It's not Phil. Oh, sorry, Gary. Sorry. I've got yeah. them as well. We had Scott Howard on um, on Twitter. He said, has there ever been a more charismatic manager who just gets our football club than Frank? Not even Lampard, just Frank, first name terms. The way he goes to the Gladys Street, fist pumping, giving it absolute large. Just love the guy and want him to succeed big time. Just a side note to that, I seem to remember quite a lot of Evertonians giving it, giving it, giving us loads, giving Klopp loads for going to the cop and giving it the fist bumps and loving life. Now it's all changed. Frank Lampard's the man. <laughs> Listen, I think the disconnect between the last manager. As as maybe brought. I mean, I'm, I'm putting words. So, so, what was his name? Sorry, you, you messages. Ross. I'm sorry, Ross. Scott. I'm putting words. Scott. Sorry, I'm putting words in your mouth and, and a new name as well. Um, I think basically we, we, we've had such a disconnection this season, and everybody after COVID nineteen was was so looking forward to getting back and enjoying the football and getting back in stadiums, meeting the friends, having pints, watching their football team. For me, and I'm talking for me, and I know some others, that the disconnect was was there for a lot of it under under Rafa. Um, I think Frank Frank Lampard came in, and and he's he's saying the right things. He's he's trying to engage with the supporters now. Whether the fist pumps or, or, or you know people look at that as something Klopp does, I think there's a lot of that in that. Frank Lampard looks to me like somebody who, who if Everton win a football game similar to to Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp. He wants to celebrate it, and I've been guilty of calling Klopper, you know, a, a clown performance seal because the camera's with him and he's doing the fist bumps. And I, I can't, I now can't defend my manager doing the same. I, I think it's, I think reading between the lines, I think there's been such a disconnect previously that it, it's nice to see some sort of connection. Mike, would you agree or disagree or? I almost don't want to answer the question. So you want to disagree then? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not that. It's just look. I'm really glad we've got a, pa- a passionate manager in in charge. But he really didn't want to answer it. Brilliant. He sacked me off. He sacked me off. <laughs> um, I have no idea what happened there. Sorry, I, I, I tried to mute my own mic because I need to cough, and then he sacked me off. Um, it's nice having a passionate manager. Of course it is. Like, it is. And that's that's what it's about. Somebody who die with the club, win with the club, lose with the club, etc. It's great to say. Klopp's the same with Liverpool. La- Fram- Frank Lampard is the same with Everton. Um, it's based on results. So like, if we go down, I'm not going to be asked if he's, if he's fist pumped the Gladys Street because he would have had 17 games in charge or whatever it is to keep us up. So... I'm not going to be particularly bothered if he was passionate or not. If we only win four games under his tenure and we go down, I couldn't give a toss whether he's fist pumped or not, to be frank. Literally, frank. Hey. <laughs> Boom. Got a next, next question, Gary? Or... Yeah. yeah, just trying to find it. <clears throat> so this is for uh, it's from Bill through the website. He said, enjoying, enjoying the show on YouTube, wanted to ask about Delph. This season, when he's played, he's impressed. If he has a strong end to the season, would you offer him a new deal, potentially a short-term contract? No. No. And I, <laughs> no, and I agree that you know he, he came on <clears throat> excuse me, uh, against Wolves in, I think, November, played the following game against Tottenham, looked good, and, and then we didn't, we didn't <laughs> see him until 
what? We're in April now. So there's two games he impressed in. He done well on on Saturday. He linked defense to to you know midfield. He covered. It, we looked a lot safer with him in there. He was also limping round. He was he was on the floor with cramp. He had to be substituted. In his post match interview, he he said that he can't now train for a week. It's someone for me who probably needs replacing. I, I do agree that he's looked he's looked good when, when he's played for us this season, and it might be that if you get him out one more time or two more times this season to get positive results, that he, he's had a really big impact on on hopefully touch towards keeping Everton in, in the Premier League. But for me, again, Mike, I don't know whether you agree or disagree. He's one of those players who absolutely need replacing. Uh, yeah, look, the only the only way that Fabian Delph gets offered a new contract is on a one-year rolling basis on a pay-as-you-play half-price salary job. Like, he's not earning 100 grand a week anymore at Everton. I'd probably accept it on a play-as-you-play basis on about 40 grand a week. You know, just 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 40 grand a week. Um, and he plays if we need him, and he accepts that. If he doesn't accept that, then he can move on. No problem, I'll all the reason that Mills has just mentioned exactly the same. We we need to we need to move away from being a club that just renews contracts for players that we deem to be potentially have a big impact or save us or whatever. If he's going to go, he needs to go. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, over to the Reds. Uh, we've got one from Andy Mills on Twitter. Any relation, Mills? Absolutely. Do you know why I see that coming on Twitter, Andy? I, Andy, I'm sure you're the top lads, but please verify. We're not related because <laughs> I've also I've started I've started this video nearly saying I was a red, so I need your confirmation here. Please tweet us and just confirm we're not related. How does yesterday's draw leave the title race, and will there be more twists and turns? We've sort of half answered it, but Phil, what do you actually think is going to happen? Yeah, well, what well, we've got a quarter, um, well, just under a quarter of the season left, and I think if you look back at what's happened in the previous three quarters, there has been twists and turns, so. I think, you know, you would expect that to happen again. I think the momentum's in our hands of anyone. So, you know, I think the momentum's with us. So, if there are... I'm going to put it on you, Phil. I'm going to put it on your toes. Who wins the league? Come on, lad. Liverpool. I'm not saying anything else. But, no, I think, you know, if I had to... The the, City are the favourites, aren't they? For a reason. You know, they're they're the bookies. You know, you take the bias out of it. Everyone thinks City are going to win the league. But... Momentum, psychology, and the Champions League has got a lot, a lot to play, a big part to play, I think. Yeah, I agree. Hopefully we're right. And I get to send Millsy's face to himself over and over again. That's going to come <laughs> back to haunt you, Mills. Stop it. Um, and we got one from, final one, from Mike Holt on Twitter. He said, do you think Gomez suits our high, high line better by utilising his pace rather than Matip does? Well... Obviously, having more pace is an advantage if you play in a high line. But on top of that, though, you've still got to be a better player. Um, and Matip's been a great player for us for a long time now. And I don't really see that his pace causes us, his lack of pace, if, if there is one, um, causes us much of an issue in that high line situation. We're unbelievable at catching teams offside. Matip's part of that, so... The thing is about Gomez, he's a great player, but he's just trying to get back into a team that's in form. You know, if if Matip's level starts to dip, you can bring Gomez in. He's a hell of a defender. But for me, it's not just... You can't just play someone because they're quick. No. See, for me, even if you were going to do that for that reason, for the pace, 
for me, Canate is ahead of Gomez, and he's just as quick. You know, Canate's form for us has been, you know, you can, barring that one mistake against Benfica last week, he hasn't really put a foot wrong for a long time when he has played. So for me, if you're going to go that route where you're playing someone over matter for the pace, it's Canate ahead of Gomez at the moment. No, it, it is a bit harsh on Gomez because at one time he was playing absolutely out of the skin with with um, Van Dyke, and his form was probably why he was getting into the England squad where he picked up his injury. Um, since then, we as you said, we've gone on to another level again, and and we're just we're in we're in a, a really good vein of form, which he's struggling to get into. He's getting us he's getting us cameos at right back when Trent needs a rest. He needs to build on that when he does play. He needs to have good games, build on it. And then start fresh at the beginning of next season. Hope he can get get a game time and try and play his way into the team. Because at the moment he's he's fourth choice for me behind the other three. Mm. Yeah, I mean, debatable whether he's ahead or behind. Can I say people have their opinions on that? Yeah, or, I don't. Um... I don't think that's a foregone conclusion. That's just my opinion and and what I've seen when we have when we have rested matter. We have we have tended to go with Canate. Like I yeah. think you'll probably see Van Dijk and Canate on on Wednesday against Benfica. Yeah, you're not wrong. If Gomez plays, he'll probably play right back. Yeah, yeah. He so. just needs if he gets a chance. It's, it's, it's mad for me to 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 hear you talk like this because there, there was a time where he was he was really important on this podcast. Yeah. I've heard you say that Gomez was not not as good, but you you talked in terms that you need Gomez to play every week. He he, he was that good as. You know anybody else? Yeah, really? that's just you, you might you might have missed it when you when you went off briefly. Then that's what I was saying. When when he was playing alongside Van Dijk yeah. before he got his injury, he was. As good as at, at times, just because everything seemed to go down his side. So when it did, he dealt with it, and he and Van Dyke didn't have much to do, whereas Gomez did. So Gomez was coming out with like like really strong performances, whereas Van Dyke was just in cruise control as he always is. Um, so yeah, he, he's unfortunate that that it's happened to him the injury, but it's happened, and and we've sort of moved on, and the, the team's playing as good as it is. So he, he's got he's got a struggle to get back in. Mm, yeah, fair enough. Uh, look, look, we tried to pick the best social media questions. We, we we get hammered. I'm surprised that we got hammered this week because usually when the teams don't do well, that, that's when the the emotion comes and the questions yeah. come, and they want to see us all wound up. So it's not been a bad week for both teams, really. And I know the Reds have said there that you know they ideally would have obviously liked to beat Man City, but a point off Man City almost through into the Champions League semi-finals. Everton have sort of put a bit of a buffer in there, Burnley for the bad results. So it's not been a bad week. So thanks everybody for, for, for checking us out on uh, Twitter, which is across the park PC, Instagram also across the park PC, the website across the park podcast.co.uk with the contact us form. And as you can see, Phil is old enough to set us up a Facebook as well. So if you're on Facebook, if you're north of 40, type in across the park podcast and hit us up on there as well. Mike, I think we're nearing the time where you, you you've got to. You've got to log off, I think. If it, so, uh-huh. a, mass, a massive thank you to me, you, my man. I know anybody who's watching this is, of course, <coughs> a subscriber to the Blue Boys Network. If they're not, please tell them where you are and what you are. Well, I'm at the Blue Boys Network. He's just he's just said it. Um, yeah, cheers, everyone. If uh, if you're not subscribed, please come over <coughs> and subscribe to the channel. Um, and yeah, thanks for having me on as always, gents. It's always a pleasure. I don't know if I could do this on a derby day. I, I, I don't know, like you know. There's it's, no it's, animosity, but it's, it's, it's funny. It's, it's funny you say that, Mike. I might take you to place over there. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> so, uh, but no, guys, appreciate you having me on, and uh, I will see you all soon. Thanks, Thanks one, Mike. Mike. Appreciate it, appreciate my man. It, mate. 
So just as Mike logs off, we're going to end the show with a look look ahead towards the, the FA Cup semi-final on Saturday. Um, before the lads get into it, I just want to say, as never told you, I think it's an absolute disgrace that the, the situation that it's playing at Wembley and the FA have somehow thought by taking 10 coaches or 50 coaches or whatever down to London is is sufficient. I think there's enough stadiums in the, in the northwest that could facilitate both sets of supporters, take their families and have, have a much better day out. And that's what football is all about. It's about enjoying yourself with your friends and your family. And this just caused chaos. That's my two cents worth. I hope he's get beat anyway whilst I'm saying that. But <laughs> where do you, boys? Are you nervous? Does the last game against City impact this game? Does this game impact the future? Where are you? Yeah, I, I don't know how to what, what to think about it. For me, what we played against City on Sunday is our strongest team. That that's the strongest eleven at the moment. Um, you know, there's, there's obviously argument like Phil said about Salah's dip in form and things like that. But for for me, on paper, that's our strongest eleven. But the way they performed that first half, it worries me that do, do we go with the same and and, and risk it happening again, mm-hmm. um, or do we try and freshen it up a little bit? Do we do we try and give Diaz a go? Do we do we bring um, Firmino back into the fold because? I think a lot of people were expecting Firmino ahead of Jota. He was going to go with the, you know, the tried and trusted front three of old. Um, didn't happen on Sunday, but maybe it will Saturday. I, I can't even make my mind up what I want. I think Jota, like he's the top second top goalscorer in the Premier League, and he's a goal machine, isn't he? So I was thinking he's got to play, but I think he showed, and he has showed previous to this as well, that his general hold up and build up play if he sits in a little bit. Isn't up to the level of the others, um, and particularly not for me, you know, who's excellent at all that type of stuff. And but it's sometimes absolutely you not his game, though, is it? What's that? No, it's That's not his game, game but, though, is it? No, but what my point is, when you're playing City, sometimes you need that ball to stick a little bit, and you don't want to give the ball back to them too quick because they're too good with it. Um, especially if you're losing it in transition, terrible time to lose the ball against City. So, um, you know, I think it's something to consider. And um, it's like, you know, um, I know it's a bit of a weird analogy, but if you look at um, the Fury Wilder trilogy, in the third, you know, in the second fight, Fury battered them, but in the third fight, it was close. And the more that you know, the more you play teams, and the closer you get to know, you know, the better you get to know each other. The closer and closer these games get, and no one's really going to batter anyone unless there's a major uh, tactical change, and you come at it from like they're expect, they think they know you, and they're expecting something, and you bring out something new. Like we have played um, four up top against them in the past, haven't we? So, you know, if you're really brave, maybe you consider doing something like that. Um, but if you don't, and we go with the same team we did last time, and they do, and we both bring our plan A, it'll be it'll be hairline stuff. It'll be, you know, what will decide. It could be a, a twist of fate. You know, that it'll come down to that for me. Yeah, I think going four against City, it's very very bold. And if you come out and win the game and you take it to him and you manage to come out on top, it's genius. But Jesus, you could be punished badly there. <laughs> yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. You it's could. risk free reward there. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be like half buzzing with the, the boldness of it if he'd done it. <laughs> but at the same time, my, my backside would be flapping. Well, do you know yeah. what? I, I, forgot, I forgot to mention there that there's a game before that. You've, you've got the, you know, the, the small matter of a second leg. Champions League quarterfinals, so things could happen there which do impact the team. Before we get predictions for the semi-final, quickly touch upon the Benfica game. Do you see lots of changes? Is is that risky? Does does Klopp then go full strength for at least 60, 70 minutes to see the see the game through, the tie through? 
No, see, like like I said before, it's for me. We can make changes without really making it, without it being too bad for the team. You know, I'm not going to use the word again, just in case it's not a word. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, you know what? I think we can make changes, and we, we can bring Simicas in for Robertson. Robertson's obviously a better player, but Simicas can definitely, definitely do a job. We can bring Canate yeah. in for Mate, uh, Matip. You know, we we can make change. We can bring um, Firmino and Diaz in. That the, these are all changes we can make for the Champions League that aren't really gonna gonna affect how the team performs. This yeah. like this is a nice problem to have. So, so it's not a problem, yeah. but I can't think of a better word for it. If you bring Diaz in, and in your mind already he's only in for this game, and Salah comes back in, or Jota comes back in for Sati, but Diaz scores a hat trick. It's a nice problem to have, but does that then affect how you then play City on Saturday? I think it does. I think for me, yeah. if he if he has played scores a hat trick, then he's in the team, and he like how could you not? But it doesn't if he comes on for if he plays instead of Salah against Benfica, it doesn't mean he's got to play instead of Salah against City. You know, Jota could come off man, he can go up top, Diaz can go on the left, so we can or we can cycle them players around, or as I mentioned before, we we played four up top against City in the past, so there's ways to go about it, but any man who scores a hat trick plays the next game. So, so, it's, so what? So what? So what? What would you two do with these two games coming up? What? What would you two do with, in, in relation to to lineup? I think we're in agreement. Uh, Gary said there we can make about seven changes to that first team for Benfica, and it'd still be a really strong side, really strong. Um, and I'd go about that. I'd I'd do that. But you know what, Gary? If it was three <laughs> nil. I'd go. I'd be more comfortable. Just that one goal yeah. that he got back. It's just, ugh. we have to go a bit stronger now, don't we? But the only thing is, and I don't want this to come back to bite me, but we don't really lose by two goals at Anfield. Don't really lose at Anfield for a start, but I'm for them to beat us two nil or three nil or three one, four one, I just can't <clears> see that happening. Gary, there will be an instant match reaction for the Blues if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> instant match reaction. Starting with this clip. Get, get them all on there. Myself, Mike, get fucking Tony Grant, Gareth Farley, get us all back on there. It'll be a great show. Uh, just to close oh, yeah. the show. <clears throat> we're the only way you get to do an instant match <clears throat> after the Champions League game. Meet our instant matches at the blue side. You've seen it yourself. You're part of it. You've seen it. Whenever and lose, it flies. We won on Saturday. We got like a tenth of the views. It's mad. <laughs> the viewers want blue misery. And I tell you what, I, I give you it as much as I can. Uh, just to close the show down, I know we're heading towards our, our sort of one hour limit where we try and, you know, clock off. Predictions, guys, for first of all, for, for Benfica on Wednesday and then for the semi final FA Cup, Man City on Saturday. I'll start two nil, with 2-0. 2-0, two 2-0. Nil. Nil, nil. I think we'll give Benfica a hiding because they've got they've got to come out. They can pretend that they're going to sit in for the first hour or something. They can't. They've got to come at us and they'll, go, they'll get spanked on field, I think. I don't rate the Portuguese team, so I'm going to say 4-0 there. And then City, I think it'll be... Oh, casually saying 4-0 in a quarter-final of the Champions League. Bonkers stuff, that. We've done it before against the Portuguese sides, Porto and that. They've had it. It's because they've got to come at us, Gary. That's why. Porto have had it, so Benfica are going to get it now. (laughs) (laughs) I think Benfica are sitting third in their league, about 14 points behind Porto, so... Yeah. If it's good enough for Porto, it's good enough for Benfica. All right, then, 6-0. No, um... (laughs) Finest of margins against City, 1-0. Maybe even pens. 
No way is that game 1-0. No, no way. I don't think so either. In fact, I want to revise me 2-0. I, I think I'm going to say another few goals, probably 3-2. I go 3-2 Liverpool. Okay. Oh, so the Reds are confident. There's no blue games to preview this week. Uh, we've, we've got a week off. Because we're absolutely shite and we've got no one left to put. <laughs> so we'll play we'll play on Wednesday. I, I think this I think we were due to play Palace actually. So Palace in the semi-final against Chelsea. So you know, us getting knocked out by Palace has, has, has proved that we don't play them this weekend. We've got a game next Wednesday, a home to Leicester, and the Reds have got a game on Tuesday, a home to Manchester United, I believe, which which is just like I said at the start of this video, the season is accelerating. It's it's so much to play for. Of both sides of the park. So we're back next Monday to talk more about it. And we're going to be looking back at the semi-final, looking back at the Champions League quarter-final. Are the Reds on for all four? Have they been knocked out of one? Me personally, I hope so. The two Reds here are going to be trying to strut onto the podcast next week and, and shove it down my throat. Um, but for, thank you for joining us on YouTube. Thank you for joining us, as always, if you're listening to the podcast, our loyal listeners on the podcast who are, who are still with us. For anybody new watching or listening, we produce a podcast and a YouTube show each week. It, it's a, it's usually on a Monday. We're on episode 32 of this season. We're, we're four seasons in now, which is amazing. And, and we're... Like we've done it uh, two weeks ago, we've done a setting in, in in a pub with face to face, and there's going to be lots more of that. There's lots of big plans for the podcast going forward. So, so if you want to spread the word, hit subscribe, share us with your friends. We are the only place, the only place you can hear banter and debate from both sides of Stanley Park. From Sophia Mills, thank you to Mike from the Blue Boys Network, from Phil Roberts, from Gary Murray. Thank you for checking us out once again. We'll see you again next Monday. <laughs>